Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. 2020, it is the early line here on the grid. I'm Joan Airy. He is Dane Martinez, and we got you covered here over the next hour and 53 minutes or so as we want to get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports, but more importantly, get you ready for what is going to be a monster weekend, including All-Star Game Weekend. That's right, the NBA finally got that All-Star break while uh, a lot of guys go to cold, frigid Chicago to play a game. Many Many are taking off to Cancun and other points south uh, and kind of taking a few days off and relaxing a little bit before they get back to the grind again in the association. In the meantime, the march for madness is uh, is still going strong. 62 college games last night. We got those covered for you, including a couple of uh, a couple of chalky plays and a couple of upsets uh, last night as the bubble watch continues to glare down on some teams. It's not going to be easy any which way you cut it. The next three weeks, three and a half weeks, all getting towards that March 15th selection Sunday. It's going to be huge. NHL back at it. Oh, yeah, there was um, there was actually baseball yesterday. Some baseball, little wow. baseball. Wow. More talking in baseball than really anything else. But the truth is pitchers and catchers are in full effect. It won't be long before we start getting our very first days of spring training uh, game action. It's a yeah. whole lot going on. Oh, yeah. And there's a tiger on the loose in L.A. in Riviera. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this. He had it to four under par there on the uh, on the front nine. And I'm going, oh, great. All my matchups are in the, right. especially get Cantley and, and a few guys that were stuck at three. Yeah, they played well, though. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, four under rather. But uh, the good news is uh, Tiger did come back to the field on the back nine. He does have an opportunity to go after Kuchar. There are some great matchup opportunities here today. Plus, Daytona 500 may want to go ahead and get some of these bets in early. Some value on that board. I mean, you name it, guys. We got a little. We got we got Dana. We got ourselves a little bit of, shall we say, a uh, buffet. Of things yeah, to, uh, to, to look forward to. A little smorgasbord of uh, smorgasbord. a little golden corral, uh, if you will. Sure. They should be a sponsor. Sure. A, little, a little golden corral of uh, of sports betting going on here today. But uh, I'm excited. Whenever you got all the major groups working like yeah. we do right now, it, 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 the only thing missing is football, really. That's it. And well, XFL. It's really no joke because we got XFL week two. That's right. We got XFL week two going on. DC, Seattle, Los Angeles, and the Houston Roughnecks will be at home for week two. We'll see if those starting quarterbacks in LA and Dallas are back as well. Yeah, it's uh, a lot to be excited about here this weekend, guys. And we uh, fully plan on getting you caught up with everything. We'll start with. Of course, uh, our plays from last night, a little recap of uh, what yeah. went on. And uh, in college hoops, it really was uh, some of those top games, those top-tier games in the Big Ten, for instance, with Indiana and Iowa. Kind of a must-win situation for both of these teams, really. And Indiana was able to get it done. And it was funny, Dan, on the show yesterday, I took the over in the game, and I said, I expect points, but with such a right. small spread – 
Don't be surprised if this thing doesn't go into overtime. And sure enough, that's what we got as uh, overtime it was and a big win by Indiana snapping a four-game losing streak and getting the job done there, scoring 90-some-odd points uh, along the way. So big total, big game. You went out west looking at Cal Poly, looking I to did. fade them as, uh, as best yeah. as possible there. Cal State and of Northridge. Course, yeah, and, Northridge. So I got to tell you something. Honestly, one of the things we talk about, right, is we like the mid-majors because sometimes the books aren't as sharp because they just straight up don't have the capacity, the manpower, Correct. right, to cap everything and be as sharp. I was riding with our guy, Maxwell Smart. All right, so Cal State Northridge, the Matadors, opened this morning, yesterday, at eight as eight-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Joe, they won by eight. Yeah. Yeah, well, be lucky because it actually closed at eight and a half. So it's, uh, right, it's I'll actually take that. I'll you, take it. I'll the take the push. The push is a win. Yeah, Joe, push I is moved a win. the line yesterday morning. That's all. I just yep, moved the line <laughs> a half a point. You know, I had <laughs> big sharp plays, right? Well, I'm just, but I'm saying they're so sharp. Even on lower level Big West college basketball, bang, they nail the number. It's amazing, isn't it, man? How uh, just that they are yes. so spot on. Uh, it's really unbelievable. Good. And we told really you yesterday, good. some of those games that we gave you, and we told you about the early line movements uh, right. for what they were. Wichita State taking on UCF. We told you Wichita State coming in, having lost three games, and they weren't deterred. They were a road uh, They were a road favorite. It was a small number, and we said that they're still hammering them. They are bringing in Wichita State. Wichita State runs over UCF uh, as planned, gets the job done. Cincinnati, big win against Memphis as well in overtime. They get the job done at home. Uh, the Bearcats needed that win last night. So a lot of what we told you, even with Oregon, uh, Oregon and um, uh, Colorado last night, big Pac-12 yep. night. And we said, listen, Colorado's hot, man. Colorado's coming in. They're rolling. They're getting five. All the bets were on Colorado except the line kept moving towards Oregon. Like, what's going on with that? Well, what was going on with that is they expected, uh, the pros expected to get exactly what we did yesterday. Oregon at home, bouncing back, getting the job done against a pretty damn good Colorado team. And all of a sudden, then I'm looking at the Pac-12 and I'm looking at the Big Ten. I'm going, there are not a lot of teams in these conferences that will not be playing in March. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's why, remember, I keep on talking about the Big East. You're talking yep. about the Big Ten is stacked, right? You're talking about a lot of maybe quality teams out West. We are seeing a down year, people, from the ACC. I think that is the key, Joe, okay? We are seeing yep. a down year from the ACC. We are not seeing, you know, okay, I'll give you Kansas and Baylor and West Virginia, but some of these big-time conferences are not delivering. That's way why we may get A-10 teams, Right, We yep. may get West Coast Conference teams. We will get a bunch of Big East teams as well. Parity is going to reign supreme. You're right. There's quality in the Big 12. I mean, in the yep. Big 10, there's quality out West. But I still do not see that dominant team with four NBA players on it like we have seen with Calipari teams in the past or with Coach K or Roy Williams, is bring, or Bill Self, is bringing to the dance. It is a very right. different year, which is why, Joe— the home teams are reigning supreme, which is why it's so hard to go on the road in conference. You need a stud to do that. And those studs yep. are jumping to the NBA. Yeah, they and uh, it's 
They're they're going. They're going quick. I do think next year, a lot of next year's squads, the ACC, but Virginia, don't forget all of these teams that are very young. Sure. There's not really this big crop of, hey, one and done, we're jumping to the NBA, which means teams like, you know, North Carolina and Roy Williams and right. uh, Virginia, these teams that kind of had to hit the reset button here for this year have a lot of young players. Yeah, they'll be ready to go. Now, all of a sudden, those freshmen will be sophomore year under their belt. And that's really what has always made college basketball so much fun is that progression. Think, and I always turn back to it, Dane, think Tim Duncan. You know, think Tim Duncan at Wake Forest, guys, for four years. Like, it started out as a freshman. Michael Jordan started out, had guys like James Worthy to look up to. And then all of a sudden, by the time, you know, Michael was uh, was a junior, it's, it's a different ball game. The difference between sure. an 18-year-old freshman and, let's say, a 20-year-old sophomore junior, dude, it's like night and day in college hoops. It's kind of what we've missed out on uh, yeah. for a little while with the whole one-and-done enamored situation. But, I agree. you know, this year there is no, there's no real Zion. There's a lot of really good guys that will be picked, but mm-hmm. it's not going to cripple teams like Kentucky and you know, North Carolina and Duke, teams like uh, that we have seen really excel in the past. They're good, don't get us wrong, but they're not what we've become used to in college hoops, and I'm okay with that, Dane. Yeah, and then some of the best players in the country that we've been talking about or highlighting are playing in like lower-level schools, right? Obi Toppin is playing at a lower-level school. Wiseman is gone. You know what I mean? I talk about Powell and Seton Hall. Some of these, you know, all-American caliber players are not at the Blue Blood schools. You know what I mean? Right. So that also creates parity. I remember watching, you know, we talk about Syracuse for me, right? I remember watching guys like Jerry McNamara, okay, mm-hmm. Joe, who played four years you could grow a bond with those yeah. guys joe i mean this is the funny part about about 10 years ago even at duke mm-hmm. there was no one and done like coach k never had a kid leave after one year until Correct. i forget exactly who it was but it like the first one was recently you know and mm-hmm. that's this phenomenon you don't have uh, the ability to kind of build that bond and oh. that fan affinity for some of these players because it's the revolving door it, it It's become that way. And I hope, and even, for instance, uh, you know, you have uh, Greg Anthony's kid. Uh, yeah, Cole, in, Anthony. In North, Cole Anthony in North Carolina. And listen, he's been hurt almost the entire year. Now, he's a freshman. He's got the bloodline. We get it. But he, to me, is a kid that would be, you know what? You haven't proved anything, right? You haven't proved anything yet. Um, as good as you were in high school and leading up to it, we still haven't really seen you compete in Excel on a Division One North Carolina level against some of the best college competitions. So while we all think the tools are there, it might better serve him, you know what, come back next year. Because I don't know, if it comes down to taking I don't know, a Joe. junior Simon, if it comes down to it, I don't know if his old man will do it, but it would might better serve the kid to say, hey, listen, you're, if you're not no, going Joe. number one this year, which by the way, he might not be, you're going number one next year, for sure. Kyrie Irving played like half a season with Duke, Joe. And when? Yeah, yeah, listen, I don't know. The old man's going to let him go, but. Porter last year didn't play at all. Maybe actually competing and beating somebody. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, back in here now, the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. As we get ready tonight, it is, and I'm telling you right now, a contrarian's dream once again. Ooh, what do we got? No NBA on the card. A couple of NHL games. No XFL till tomorrow. That means there is 14 college basketball games with teams like Siena, Ryder, mm. Uh, Ivy League teams. These are Cal teams State that Northridge. <laughs> they just don't uh, they don't move the needle. So it also means, however, though, they're going to get the itch tonight. That being, of course, right. you know, the, uh, the the gambling itch tonight is going to be had by people who normally bet the association. They're going to need a little action, which means they'll take your wife out to dinner. It's Valentine's Day on Joe. Valentine's Day. They'll still be checking the phone. They'll still be running to the TV. There is going to be an opportunity for recreational dollars to flood the college basketball market tonight on games. People are going to be betting on games they know nothing about tonight. It's a fact of life. It's the way it goes. Sure. That means we're going to have inflated lines tonight. Brown, Pennsylvania, oh. Quinnipiac, St. Peter's, Fairfield okay. at Marist. These are games, guys, that I can assure you, we're already seeing the market move them. And you're going, wow, I, I, geez, I'm follow Quinnipiac very much here tonight. Well, don't worry about it. That's what we are here for. We've got you covered with these games here tonight, and they are, they're moving, guys, and they are moving. They're going to keep moving, too, especially as those recreational dollars continue uh, to flood the market. And I do want to just point out yesterday that, just to go over a couple of the, couple of things that we talk about on this show and the early line movement, which is what makes it so unique about what we do here on the early line. It's not, listen, it's about reading the market. Obviously, it's very difficult to bet NBA and some other sports at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, making picks is not exactly the easiest thing to do because you don't have all the information. And we would yeah. always recommend if you don't have all the information, don't information go. Information is a good thing. Right. Information but is a good thing. The, the market tells you, at least points you in a direction and says, all right, here's what the pros are doing. Here's kind of what, here's what the market is telling us. And yesterday we told you about Wichita State, Central Florida, game number one. We told you about the early line movement in that game, right? right? It was a two and a half point. Wichita State opened up at two and a half points. Right here at this time yesterday morning, we had told you it's moving to three, guys. Uh, it's moving to three. We even saw a four or two that were popping up during the show yesterday. Final score of that game, they won by 20. Okay, Wichita State. There That's you go. game one. Game number two, we told you Iowa, Indiana, right? Last night, we told you about that. Uh, we told you that Indiana yeah, opened up at all, baby. a pick em. Yeah, one and a half. We said, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's now two and a half. A ton of Indiana money coming in at home. Losers of four straight, some really good value. And we told you, Big Ten home teams, guys. Big Ten home teams win in a clip of 81%. Back to home team if they're a favorite. Boom, yep. 89-77. They take care of business last night. 
How about Colorado, Oregon? Same situation. Colorado was a five-point underdog on the road in Oregon. Oregon had revenge on their mind. We watched on this show yesterday, that line moved from five to five and a half, almost six before we went off. And wouldn't you know it, they end up winning by uh, eight points, covering winning Oregon. And finally, last night, Arizona State at Stanford, a big uh, degenerate late night special there as the Pac-12 showdown. We told you Arizona State uh, was a Mm -hmm. three-point underdog that opened up, Dane, and Sure enough, right here, it was two and a half right before our eyes. And we're saying, guys, the money's money's coming in to Arizona State. And, oh, yeah, wouldn't you know it, Arizona State pulls off the upset and wins in Stanford, gets the job done last night. So that was four games, four of the biggest market movers at this time during the morning, this time during the day. We pointed them out to you, Dane, and it went four and oh. Not always going to happen that way, but... There's a lot that can be learned by reading the market and, of course, tuning in to us here on the early line. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, Joe, information is king, right? Mm. And one of the real things we look at, we talk about this. These pros know what they're doing. If you are doing this for a living, that's what's moving the line overnight, right? We say it all the time, Joe. No, the, the, the casual fan is not dropping enough money at 4 a.m. Eastern to move the line. Okay, so this is smart money, informed money, and it's a smart idea to follow the money. It is a tried and true trend when it comes to sports investing, and bang, it hit for us last night, along with the idea of these home teams in conference, right? Indiana against the unranked team. I mean, against the ranked team, still got it done. To a tough matchup in the Pac-12, we went the home team Oregon. Bang, there it goes. Yep. Yeah, and the NBA last night, too, we gave you the market uh, movement there as – Boston at home taking on the uh, taking on the Clippers. Now we told you last night in that game the Clippers, uh, a, a team so far through this season, fantastic at home. Right, twenty-two and five going into yesterday's game. The Clippers were at home. You know who else was twenty-two and five at home? Boston. Uh, this go. matchup had been completely uh, all about home teams. These two teams they don't play very well on the road, but they are exceptional at home. So. We told you Boston money was coming in. It was almost going to be a pick 'em, and it was for a lot of that day. Uh, Boston was a small favorite, then it was a pick 'em, then Boston was a small favorite. Well, the game well, was a we pick. Were, yeah, <laughs> we it, it really points. ended up back as down as a pick. I saw it as high as Boston uh, laying two points throughout the day yesterday. There mm. were, to me, that was the toughest game from a market perspective because of. The money never came in from the sharp side. There was no way of looking at that game and going, aha, this is, I knew it was coming in, whether it be the total or the side, it was 50-50 down the middle for most of the day, including up the tip-off. So it really was, who do you trust more, Boston at home or the Clippers at this point on the road? Now, double overtime tells us the pick them was exactly the right was exactly the right number double overtime the Celtics outlast them 141-133 Paul George only played about uh, 12 minutes in this game he got uh, yanked because of a hamstring pull which is also an injury that we have to monitor he had already missed 10 games earlier this year yeah. because of that so this was a really really good game great matchup both teams did not quit, and Dan, we've you know we've said it. These games prior to the All Star break, 
eh, I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot of defense. Don't know exactly how much you're going to get. You know, guys kind of mailing it in a little bit. Uh, they didn't mail it in, these two teams, last night. They were grinding in that game, and two overtimes is why, you know, it eventually almost got the 300 points there. But the reality is, this game and the one after that uh, at uh, OKC on the road, who is now, guys, won 15 of the last 18 they have covered now on the road. They are a covering machine, OKC. They go in. Uh, Zion has the best game of his short career, right? Scores, what, 32 mm -hmm. points. Gallinari 32. on the other side just outplayed him, outshot him, outdid everything. You know, he could have been a Miami Heat, but that's a different story. Zion scores 32, and you know what? It's his second straight game of 30 or more points. He's becoming a matchup nightmare. But I got to give credit, man. The over, the OKC is so overperforming kind of thing, right? They're outpacing what anybody thought, and they're not stopping, Dan. Being 15 out of 18, your last 18 on the road, and being that profitable, it's not something you can ignore as a better. And if you didn't ignore it last night, once it got to about four, four and a half points, you started to see some buyback on OKC. They were the right. Uh, they were the right play. Plus, they were plus money on the money line last night, Dane. Yeah, and and here's my thing, honestly, Joe. Did anyone ever think that Chris Paul would have this kind of impact with right. Oklahoma City? You know what I mean? He goes 14 and 12 with eight boards as well. And, you know, he was kind of a throwaway. They were exiling Chris Paul, right, to Oklahoma yep. City, who everyone thought was about to hit the reset button. But they're another team, Joe. You know, they could have traded Gallinari. They could have traded Adams. But they're, you know, in sixth place in the West. They are ahead yep. of schedule given, you know, given guys like SGA. Yep. Uh, by the way, the— this was a hell of a game, too, guys, if you were caught up in the double overtime. Talk about two games going into the All-Star break, Dane. How much fun was this? 22 lead changes, 12 ties in a damn game, 22 lead changes and 12 ties in this game. Both teams shot better than 48%. But New Orleans, 17 turnovers in the game, which led to the Thunder converting 24 points. Yeah. When you have that kind of t close game, that's the difference. And uh, a very young New Orleans team, J.J. Redick had 24. But when you keep right. turning the ball over and that converts into points, in the, especially in the NBA, um, you're done. But, I, I mean, what, can, what else can you say? I mean, you're talking about a Thunder team here, guys. Yes, they're kind of overperforming a little bit. We get that. But, my word, profitability, guys, that's what it's all about. Not only did they win 123-118, they were closed at three-and-a-half-point road underdogs plus for uh, 150 on a money line, both overs hit, which we told you is a trend yep. just before the All-Star break. A little less yep. defense, uh, maybe so, than we usually see. Well, you got see. double overtime, Joe. That'll help. Right. Well, you got double. Uh, <laughs> it was actually close even in regulation, but the double overtime, which is what a pick -em game should be, right? I mean, that's yep. getting extra basketball and talk a team that would not stop. Listen, the Clippers, usually in that kind of situation, Dane, we see two teams, one team goes, Listen, it's it's a game in February. Like, okay, right. you know, we're not, we're not going to put in the extra effort to kill ourselves. These two teams were going at it last night. And then you had yeah. OKC who quietly walked into New Orleans, uh, a red-hot team, you know, winners of three straight. They're just dominant with the best player, by the way, on the quarter, the biggest mismatch. And you know what? They got their asses handed to them. So the NBA 
is so much fun this time of year, Dave. It's yep. going to be even and remember, more fun after the All-Star break. The All-Star break is not halfway. We're in a yeah. sprint ah, to the playoffs starting yep. next week. Yep, yep. We're going to talk about how to approach the betting of the All-Star game, too. We'll do that coming up here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com is the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, we got some strategy for you coming up the, uh, for the NBA All-Star Game. Now, the rules are a little bit different this year because of the passing of Kobe Bryant. So the sports books have had to scramble a little bit here to try and be able to work within the new rules and the guidelines to give us some numbers. But you also have got the three-point competition, MVP uh, odds. We got a lot of that that we're going to cover for you uh, coming up here. In about uh, in about fifteen twenty. Not to mention also our good uh, our good friend there, Maxwell Smart, will be joining us next hour, just about an hour from now, uh, breaking down some of these. When it comes to obscure college basketball games, nobody more obscure than uh, Maxwell Smart. He'll be joining us here, uh, giving you a couple of his favorite breakdowns of the night. But we did want to hit on a couple of headlines uh, from the uh, from the night, guys. Obviously, the last 24 hours have all been about Major League Baseball, not really the pitchers and catchers, more really a, about the Houston Astros and, of course, their cheating ways. And the press conference yesterday, and we just had a feeling this was going to be, Dave. When we had, I had told you the word was crisis management team, owner, players. It, there was this big meeting here in West Palm Beach at the spring training facility. They had announced that they were going to hold this meeting. So you kind of knew already, A, it was going to be scripted, right? You don't bring in these uh, these fixers, these corporate fixers, uh, these people who are in charge right. of reputation, which is what they are, crisis management. Give me, yeah, Here's the crisis. You cheated. You got caught. And now what do we do to start men fences here and get people to move past it? So we knew it was going to be interesting to begin with. We kind of had an idea that, listen, swallow your pride. I'm sorry. We did it and kind of move and just move, begin the healing process. And it always starts in this country. We're very forgiving, Dane. We love redemption stories, but you can't pull a a la Pete Rose where I didn't do it. I didn't cheat. I didn't do it. I didn't be, I didn't bet on my team. I didn't. And then all of a sudden, 15 years later, be like, all right, so I, I did do it really. So I was actually lying to you the whole time. And what we got yesterday from the, uh, from the Astros was pretty much Dane, a la Pete Rose. Like they said out of one side of their mouth, I'm sorry. But at the same time, the owner Opens mouth, inserts foot by telling everyone there really wasn't any lesson. It didn't change the outcome because of what we did. And that kind of set off a firestorm where uh, I don't know if that was the crisis management team's 
plan was to have the owner go up and say, listen, if they ask you about the, did it affect the World Series or the outcome, why don't you go out and make it known that it didn't? I, I like, oh, my word, man, how th this guy shouldn't have been near the mic. You should have let the players handle it. And the players were about as fake and phony as they come. Nothing from that meeting, Dane, screamed they're sorry in the least bit for what happened. Absolutely nothing. No, not at all. You're right, Joe. And what they had to do, in essence, was this was their attempt to get in front of it. Right. They were trying to get in front of it, but they didn't fully acknowledge anything. They did. Crane didn't want to use the word cheating. He kept on saying they broke the rules, but he wouldn't say cheating. He even at one point said that he didn't think it actually affected competitive balance, which is mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. You know, they they're trying to walk the line. And honestly, Joe, I think it's because of like Bolsinger and other with lawsuits, because if they acknowledge that yes, they did this, and yes, it affected competitive balance, then that's exhibit A in all these lawsuits. And that's going to set a precedent. So I really believe part of the PR of it all was them saying that, you know, they had to toe the line on what they would acknowledge, what they would admit, right. and what they couldn't. And I thought afterwards, it was pathetic to have Bregman and Altuve out there for a combined right. 90 seconds. But right. yep. if you, in, if you um, then saw them in the locker room afterwards, they were a little bit more forthright. I think Correa really was the most of anybody being like, yeah, we did this. Don't blame Beltran. This was right. all of us, you know. But what I found the most hysterical was Justin Verlander, Joe. <laughs> Verlander, Verlander's ready to talk about anything. You know what I mean? Verlander's always ready to be out there, always ready to put the blame on someone else. He got yeah. there in the middle of that 2017 season and was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had said more about it. You know, they're all now trying to pass the buck. Like you said, throwing it on Beltran and Cora and Hinch, you know, and Ludow, who aren't there anymore. But this was the entire team. And they had to show, in my opinion, more contriteness, more accountability but the question is, they also said there were no buzzers in 18 or 19. They also said nothing happened. Altuve, they asked Altuve point blank, did you wear buzzers in the 2019 season? And you know what he said, Joe? He said MLB did an investigation and they didn't find anything. That's crisis management team 101 right That's there, right. man. If you're they an innocent person, <laughs> that's right. If you're an innocent person, you know what you say there? No. Yep. You say absolutely exactly not. Right. And guess what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit 320 this year and show y'all. Dane, absolutely 100%, man. I, 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 the crisis management team, it was out in, you could see the scripting, the PR people, how they answered questions from the media. Uh, but really, the owner there, Jim Crane, it was laughable. It was. This didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series. It's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it impacted the game, and that's where we're going to leave it. All right, so. It didn't That's where you want to leave it. That's not where it's going to get left. Yeah, like you contradicted yourself. Like, listen, it, it didn't impact the game, but we don't. they couldn't find if it impacted. We don't know if it impacted. Well, not impacting and imp it's the same damn thing, dude. If you're telling us it didn't impact the game, but Major League Baseball saying they could not find any evidence that it did, those aren't the same. That's not the same not thing, Dane. Just because baseball didn't find it doesn't mean you didn't do it, dude. That's not what that's not what that that's means. That's like someone so, asks if you on steroids and you're like, well, my name wasn't in the Mitchell report. Right, right, right. Well, it didn't help me. I still had to hit the ball. Well, did you have to hit it 500 feet now if it wasn't for the steroids? Like, I get it. 
But if it didn't impact the game, Dane, why did they do it for so long? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, clearly it was having an effect. Okay. Clearly it was helping. Everyone knew it. You know, so yeah, it was weak. It was just weak. Yeah. It was terribly weak. Uh, But you're right. I mean, listen, Bregman apologized. I thought a little scripted, but he came out there and. I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization and by me. That's a very interesting set of words, the way he grouped it. Our choices, Dane. We're sorry about our choices. You mean your your choice to cheat? Is that what basically what you were? Your choices? And you know how we started off with the team first and Mm -hmm. then ended up with, oh, and me. I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I, that is just buried me at the, you know, he buried the lead right there. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Personal accountability. You said it before at the beginning of this, Joe. This is crisis management. This is lawyer speak. This is PR. This here's what I would have loved to have seen. Not Altuve and Bregman out there, right? The entire team out there, right? Right. Let Altuve and Bregman talk, maybe, right? And they need to have come with more accountability. Like, yeah, we did this. It messed up where it messed up prospects career. It messed up the integrity of the game. And all we can do is go out to our Houston fans and show that we are this talented and we are dedicating Mm -hmm. ourselves in the 2020 season to do just that. I, um, it's not going, listen, they had to make this first step and I get it. They had to do it. Uh, they could have done it in it, you just felt everybody there did not want to be there. And there's a part of them, Dane, and, and you could see it on their faces. They didn't want to admit to anything. They didn't want to do and They they looked as if they wanted nothing to do with this, that screw everybody. And that's how it kind of felt to me looking at them going, they would rather have taken it to the ground and go, you know what? I didn't I don't care like they they have zero remorse coming out of that at all and it starts with the owner by saying and leading with it didn't change the outcome what's it that whole thing says it guys it didn't we didn't win the world series because we were banging on trash cans you're idiots and that's kind of what it felt like right yeah they didn't want to they didn't want to accept blame you know, to say that there was no competitive balance change that was the thing that like left my my jaw hanging open You know, like we obviously know that's like Barry Bonds coming out there being like, yeah, but it didn't really help me hit these home runs. Right. Right. But it's. Yeah, it's like Lance Armstrong. Well, you know, I won six Tour de France's, but really it had nothing to do with me sticking a needle in my ass at all. Really had nothing. Like if we know you did it. A simple and I maybe that was forget about the words, the body language to me just mm-hmm. came across and starting with the owner that like they were they, annoyed that they sorry. had to do this. They're like they sorry they got they caught. Yeah. Right. They're sorry they got caught. They're not sorry they did it. They have they could care less. They think it's all hey, what's the big deal? They we're gonna right. see what the big deal is this year. You've got 162 games to prove that you are a 280 hitting team at home with mm-hmm. or without a trash can, guys. And if you're yep. not, if you are so much as 15 points under batting average, 10 points, 8 points. This is going to be rough. It's going to be rough. It really is. 
a lot to be determined with the Astros. I wonder how it impacts you, like, the fantasy baseball class. Yeah, it's, I can tell you this, guys, they're not the only ones trying to avoid personal responsibility. Miles Garrett gets reinstated. We'll let you know what he said. We'll do that coming up next year on the Crit, SportsCrit.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, the uh, the 2020 Genesis Invitational is uh, alive and well. Uh, Riviera Country Club in L.A. It is Tiger Woods' event, and uh, he is uh, off and running, as is the tournament yesterday. And at that top of the leaderboard is a familiar name, not somebody Huge. I would have thought. Not exactly. He hasn't exactly played this course over the years uh, with a whole lot of fanfare. So, but him coming out and sometimes you get it working. And if you guys watched any of the coverage yesterday, you know exactly what we mean when we say there is everything's a blind shot. Everything is dog leg left, dog leg right. So you either you hit the ball 400 yards and and take away all of the dog legs, or you better be really good as an iron player and be able to hit greens in regulation with a lot of blind shots. And Kucher did that. I mean, flawless, bogey-free 64, which was, of course, three shots better than anybody else in the field. He was top 10 from tee to green. He was top 10 in putting. And again, this was one of these situations where hit the ball in a fairway, fairway to the green, one putt, two putt, boom, next hole. And that's kind of exactly how you can win this course, although it's not exactly going to be all that easy. Uh, we also know there's a lot of guys. Tiger did really, really good. He eagled the uh, the par five there on the front, uh, and then he played the next 17 holes in exactly even par. So he ends up with a two under 69 yesterday, which uh, we had talked about some of the pairings yesterday with him going head to head first round. Uh, one yeah. of the ones was Cantley, uh, who finished four under. So he's a guy that is uh, certainly going to uh, to be in the mix. Uh, Tiger at two under par, uh, Dustin Johnson was one over. So he ended up beating Dustin Johnson. It could have been a six under par, you know, rather easily, but the fact that he's two under par right now, heading into today, he'll have an opportunity because I do think he goes out early today. He was late yesterday. If he goes out early today, Dane, then he's got an opportunity to go out there and put up a number. And then, you know, have Matt Kuchar and everyone else go, all right, here, you know, here he is, Tiger. Obviously the biggest fan favorite there. The gallery and the the crowds around Tiger there were just absolutely crazy. So he hit the ball pretty well. He scrambled pretty well. 69 to under par. I got to tell you, Dan, a lot better than I thought he was going to be. 
Yeah, you thought he was going to be worried with all these hosting duties, yeah. you know, kissing babies, shaking hands. He eagles yeah. one, right? And then I'll tell you, the other par fives on this course are the 11th and the 17th. He played right. those, you know, par par. That's where maybe he can make up some ground because I remember you telling me this idea, this course is suited to the long hitters, getting the greens in regulations. Yeah. He played the par fives and two under yesterday. But remember, yeah. it wasn't eagle on one. So let's see how he does on 11 and 17 today. Yes, absolutely. And there are a couple of other big name guys, Dan, as you go down the uh, list, because the board is not filled with, shall we say, outside of Kucher, w there's not really a yeah, you whole got Rory lot of... at minus three. You got Day right. at minus three. Right. Uh, DeChambeau at minus three. Kepka yep. at two. So there's yep. some. Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's uh, there's a whole lot of guys that you probably have not heard about between them and by the time you get to and Jason Day, good for him playing well, backing up yep. a uh, really good week uh, last week. Cup got his okay. first action. Yeah, his first action. There was actually a play yesterday, guys, which was pretty funny. There was a he had drove the ball like 400 yards. It was just, he was playing with Phil Mickelson, and even Mickelson's like. Like, really, guy? Like, I, you know, I don't I hope we can find the ball. Like, he was just, he was dialed in and just crushing the ball. John Rahm, two under. Reed, two under. So, a lot of guys in the hunt. But when you shoot 64 and you're three shots cleared yeah, of yeah. everybody else, you kind of have a leg up here, provided that you can, you know, you can go out there and shoot under par again today. Kuchar's got a big, it's a big round for him. And if he can put a, a three under, let's say, um, all of a sudden, he's going to go into the weekend contending, and you got to take a look, I think, at some of the matchups with Kuchar today, Dane, because if you're going to fade him, if you think he ain't matching that 64, there are going to be some guys that uh, that'll be coming after him that absolutely might have a 64-65 in the bag today. So I would look at some of these Kuchar matchups and say, I dare you to go out there and shoot 64 again. Do it again. I dare you. Yeah, I Interesting. dare you. I mean... Isn't he, though, Joe, the kind of golfer? Like, he does, he's not a huge hitter. He, You know what I mean? This idea that if he's got this three-stroke league, can he yep. be conservative and bang it around and, you know, just kind of yep. maintain that lead? He's already had his round of the tournament, you know? So isn't he kind of like a guy like Matsuyama almost? Like a, I don't want to say safe or conservative, but right. he can protect the lead. Listen, he... When he gets it going, he gets it go. He's in the fairway. He gets the, and right. it's all with the flat stick. It, it's with the putter. But Riviera is all about tee to green. Can you get there in two? Can you get there in three? Are you always right. putting for birdie or for eagle? And he did it real. He did it better than anybody else. A bogey free round in Thank that golf course. And we told you guys for three out of the last five years, Riviera voted one of the top 10 toughest golf courses on the PGA Tour. It's not an easy place to play. Sometimes a, uh, you know, a wayward shot one way or the other, Dan, you can drop. It's a two or three stroke uh, swing there. Yeah. I tell you, he didn't have a good day. Uh, and he was one of the favorites going in. Justin Thomas was terrible yesterday. Mm. Uh, it started on the first hole, too. He went 38 and bogeyed two of his last three. He's three over. He's tied for 98. Can he go out and shoot 65 today? Absolutely. Would, would I go, you know what, give me Justin Thomas to bounce back in this round? You're damn right I would, because Justin Thomas, his form has been really good coming in, Dane. So knowing that he's tied for 98th and he wants to make the cut, because there is yeah. some, there's some money here.
Look at the Justin Thomas matchups, guys. And I would definitely look to back Justin Thomas to get the job done today and fire a 65-66. So I see one over on FanDuel, Justin. You know who Thomas is matched up against is my Who's favorite that? Spaniard, John Rahm. John Rahm also, yes. Yep. And but Thomas, because of his bad day yesterday, heads up against Rom today is plus two eighty, Joe. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Some value so, you know, there. Recency bias on this line, and obviously Rom. You know, a lot of people know about. It. He's minus four ten heads up against JT today. Yep. I would also say, guys, Justin Rose, which was a guy uh, going into the tournament. We had told you not in great form. He was 40, 45 to one uh, when he teed off yesterday to win the tournament. Uh, he shoots uh, Dana two under 69. He's now at 20 to one on the board. As you can see, these are some of the uh, some of the prices of the guys. Cantley yep. right up there. Woods, Rom, uh, Cupcher all the way up to seven to one after his great first yep. round. Yeah, and Justin Rose. There you go, Justin Rose about 27 to one. Uh, over 40 to one now, 27 to one, almost cut in half for him, Jason day. And let's be realistic here. I, any one of those guys in John Rahm at 14 to one, yeah, uh, Brooks, absolutely more than, uh, more than capable, which is why guys, sometimes when you look at this, when you look at some of these, um, these other names at the top of the leaderboard, guys like Wyndham Clark, Adam Shank, uh, KH Lee. Uh, not exactly guys that move the needle, but guys right. that are going to start to feel the pressure today in round two. They were four under par, three and four under par yesterday. When you look at that leaderboard, when you look at those names, um, yeah, uh, I may look to fade a, and no offense, right. Wyndham Clark, but I may look at some of your matchups today, especially if it's up against the likes of a, you know, Kucher or, or uh, Kepka. Right. What, yeah, I might look to uh, I might look to get some value with you know against these guys, and that's kind of the way to approach these matchups. Dane is going all right. Guys come out really hot. Never been but in then this spot before. On them on round two, right? You know, so you know nobody is going to shoot 64, 64, 64, 64. It's just not going to happen. Not at this golf course, and especially with those guys lurking. Right. There is uh, one of those guys on that board to, that he, they showed us, uh, Dane, in the numbers. One of them has got a 65 in him today, at least one of them. Yeah, you would think so. I like the idea, Joe, of you know some of the names that you didn't expect that had a good round one because all of a yep. sudden they go to bed thinking about it. Right. They go to bed and now all of a sudden the pressure is on. All of a sudden there's expectation. We talk about what expectation does to performance. Right. And guys like Adam Shank, Wyndham Clark, Russell Henley. These guys have not they have a lot different expectations this morning than they did 24 hours ago. I will tell you this, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, a guy that uh, we talked about. And you mentioned uh, yesterday in golf, Dane, talking about some of these. Um, three ball matchups, right? Where you get yeah. three guys, everyone's got the odds uh, and, you know, they're grouped together. Uh, DeChambeau heading into this uh, this tournament, he had his last three tournaments, uh, missed the cut, eighth, and then 52nd in his first huh. three of the year. He was, he was right up at the top of the leaderboard on strokes gained off the tee. He's crushing the ball. He's also putting. He shot a three under 68. He is a guy that we know, we've seen how good DeChambeau, he went on a stretch there, Dane, over the last couple of years where he was the best golfer in the world. Right. 
he starts getting it going and starts hitting the ball, I got to believe the numbers for him because he's been down for the last, uh, you know, for about the last 12 months, didn't do great in the majors last year. Right. There's going to be some value on Bryson DeChambeau today. Sebastian Munez, I think he's with. Um, Tyler Duncan is another um, exact Tyler who these are guys that you might be able to get matchups with, uh, and Bryson DeChambeau, you definitely want to take a look at him. The numbers with him, Dame, and some of those matchups are probably very favorable. All right. So let's start try and find them. Okay. I, I don't see any heads up for DeChambeau. Um, on and he's 31, I think he's 31 to one right now to win the tournament. Outright. That's yeah. Outright, outright is yes. I see DeChambeau at 29 to 1 on FanDuel. And isn't he one of those kind of like money ball, analytical physics kind of guys also on the cover? Very, uh, yeah, highly into exactly it. Very yeah. physics oriented. Going to be some opportunity, game. guys. Fade Tiger, Fade Tiger, Fade Tiger. More on that coming up here, guys, on the grid, sportsgrid.com. It's the early line on a Friday.